0: In honor of the word, could you just quickly stand and turn in your Bibles to, with your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. More of your glory. Amen, church. Please put it on the screen for me, if you will. This will be lesson number four in a series of lessons entitled, I Never Thought I'd See Today. And this particular lesson, this one of the series, will probably encompass two or three lessons. So we'll just go as the Lord leads us. Chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Point your hands in my direction. Let's briefly pray for one another. Do it even now. Would you thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your power. Because if we ask, we shall receive glory and power to help us, Lord. And Lord, we just pray today that you administer through your word the life we need beyond what our words, human words, can give. Sanctify us, transform us, and help us today to fight the good fight and win in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I say to the brethren that we resume Monday evening's prayer on tomorrow at 7 o'clock for men's prayer time. Never thought I'd see today when Christians wouldn't take seriously the enemy. Lately, more and more, I am hearing of a disease that is caused by a flesh-eating bacteria that you are hearing more and more of also. It's very troubling. This disease received much media attention a few weeks ago due to the Zipline accident of one Amy Copeland. But perhaps on a very pleasant morning on a Saturday, enjoying a time of recreation, accidentally fell from the zipline into the water, thus putting a large gash in the calf of her leg, requiring 21 staples. They treated her, released her, and all appeared well, and she should have recovered normally. But normal wasn't her future. At least up until now. Because it was soon discovered that she was the victim of a flesh-eating bacteria, the, the name of which I didn't come prepared to present. We've, we've discovered that there are others now, since her story has gone nationwide, and this disease has received more prominence. There are others who have come to the fore and told their story about this particular disease and you and I both are praying for the recovery of Amy Copeland. And I'm asking God that in spite of the now limitations she will have for the rest of her life, having had a leg amputated all the way up to her hip, the other foot amputated, both hands amputated, I pray that the power of God would give her such courage and strength to live life, to help others. And I think about that, however, and... When I, when I think about this flesh-eating bacteria, I thought to myself, uh, I, I thought that was something given over to science fiction movies. That it probably wouldn't be real. But it is very real. The conclusion I've reached is that you cannot afford to take any infection lightly. Hospitals and physicians have reached that conclusion A long time ago, but now it's very evident as you would observe when you go to the doctor's office or the dentist's office or other places of care. You'll observe that throughout the buildings or their facilities, there are places where one can uh, cleanse their hands with with, with those cleansers that are available because we need not take any germ lightly. Can I get an amen? amen? Disease is an enemy and we must take it seriously. We have another enemy that we cannot afford to underestimate church. He is none other than Satan. Biblically and practically speaking, we are in a spiritual war today. The Christian's spiritual enemy is not in a uniform, and he does not meet us on a designated battlefield. He is ruthless, and he uses unconventional tactics such as deceit, Deflection and disguise. Too many pastors and Christians ignore or downplay spiritual warfare to the point that many professing Christians don't even know that they are in a war. This puts Christians in serious danger. The church of Jesus Christ, of which you and I belong to, the church of Jesus Christ needs to know its enemy and his strategies. Above all, Christians need to know how to gain the victory over our enemy. Two things are happening today that I never thought would happen in my lifetime or happen this quickly. Number one, spiritual warfare is getting much more intense and Satan is becoming much more real. I want to tell you, even though we are 2,000 years we removed from the cross of Jesus Christ, we are 2,000 years closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in the last days that Satan and his cohorts will ramp up their attack against God and Christ and the church and believers. The Bible says in the last days that Satan will increase his demonic activities as a sign of the coming of the Lord. I read to you from First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Not on the screen, but listen to it. The Spirit expressly says in the latter time Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Did anybody hear what I had to say? And and so I'm saying to you, and while I will not take the time here to give you vivid descriptions, I am saying to you, brothers and sisters, that Satan is more bold in his attack than he's ever been. And have you noticed that Hollywood and the movie making industry have gotten more bold and blatant in featuring movies and and shows and plays that have much to do with demons and darkness and the occult and witchcraft and all those kinds of things. And I want to tell you this, it may come under the guise of entertainment and being blockbusters in the media, but the devil is real, demons are real, witchcraft is real and the hounds of hell are alive and we must not take them lightly there's something else happening today that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime I mentioned it earlier but I'll say it again it is the content of this message too many Christians are not taking spiritual warfare seriously or even believing that such a war is going on and yet we wonder why Our bodies are under attack from time to time. If we don't take seriously the devil, we won't resist. We wonder why our marriage is under attack so many times. We wonder why uh, some of our children or grandchildren or others in our extended family may be involved in, in, in the bondage of drugs and alcohol and sexual perversion and crimes. I want to tell you, the devil doesn't take a day off. And I want you to understand, as believers, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have the Word of God. But it also doesn't excuse us from being a target of the enemy. If you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, I don't say this to scare you, but if you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, Satan has a large bullseye drawn on your body. And the Bible said he would like to shoot his fiery darts at us. But I'd also like to tell you this morning that greater is God who is in us and the devil. Devil who is all around us. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So for my few minutes with you this morning, I want to sound the alarm and I want to first begin by telling you that we need to know who our enemy is. Many of you here today have had military experience and training and you know that you've been trained repeatedly on the subject of knowing your enemy. You also know that warfare has changed over the years. We have gone from conventional warfare, such as was demonstrated through history, by way of the Revolutionary War, and the Civil War. Back then, soldiers lined up on battlefields, dressed in certain colored uniforms, sometimes bright red. And they would do what might be known today as gentleman warfare—you shoot at us, and then we shoot at you. But all that's changed, brothers and sisters, since Vietnam. Such a thing known as guerrilla warfare has come into the forefront of warfare. Since 9/11, we have now come to know what has been called the war on terror. Now, what does that mean about knowing the enemy? It means that the enemy resorts to hit and run. The enemy resorts to surprise attack. Sabotage. Booby traps. The enemy ambushes to render themselves unidentifiable. Some of the enemy in today's warfare is willing to use their bomb-laden bodies as weapons in order to accomplish their means. War has changed. And you need to know the enemy. If the idea of knowing one's enemy makes military sense and common sense, it makes even more spiritual sense because the enemy of our soul is stronger and the stakes are higher than they've ever been. I tell you from the writing of Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It is our text. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. A few weeks ago I had to be at a particular engagement the next morning. Away from here, miles away. I traveled. The meeting was early in the morning. During the night. I had stayed at that hotel before. Read my Bible, prayed, did all that I know what I do before I go to bed. And especially pray. Pray over my family. Pray over this church. Pray over your family. Went on to bed. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, a certain kind of fear came over me that is not usual in my life. A certain kind of panic, brothers and sisters, came over me. And I thought, where is this coming from? And I prayed and I pleaded the blood. And every, every little noise began to be like an amplified noise. The wind blowing outside began to have other meaning than the wind blowing. I'm telling you, I'm being transparent to you. That you can't be so spiritually sophisticated and so high and mighty and all kind of title in front of your name that the devil excuses you from his attack. The closer you get to God and the more you get to the Holy Ghost, you better put on some more armor. Because the devil doesn't want you to be a testimony and a light. I got up and I thought, God, I'll sit up and pray. And it didn't change much. I got up. And I went, it was 3 o'clock, I went down to the lobby, I took my Bible down in the lobby. And I found out even the guy watching the desk was trying to take a little sleep. Can't blame him. He said, sir, can I help you with anything? I didn't tell him, no, I'm facing demons and devils of hell, you're not going back to bed. <laughs> I, I'm being very honest with you, I've never been this vivid with it here. I told my wife, and she's the only other one that knew about it the day after, until right now. I'm telling you, the devil, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But there's a third realm out there. There's the earthly realm and there's a heavenly realm and there's an in-between realm where the rulers of the darkness of this age are trying their best to discourage, defeat you and cause you to lose out. I stayed down there at 4 o'clock in the morning until, until I got enough of the Holy Ghost. And I said, bless God, I am not getting in my car. I am not going to a restaurant somewhere and get a cup of coffee to shake this off. I am not getting in my car and go back home and change my plans. I tell you, if you wait enough on the Holy Ghost and you plead the blood of Jesus long enough and you read a few extra verses instead of those lay me down to sleep kind of prayers that we pray, because when the devil turns up the heat, that's when you turn up the Holy Ghost in you. and you You got to say it. I plead the blood of Jesus. You got to say I speak the name of Jesus. You have to say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am a child of God and I rebuke you devil. I went back to my room. I changed back into my sleeping clothes. I pulled a blanket over my head and I said good morning devil and good morning Jesus. I'm alright. I'm here to tell you the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's and He will give you power over all the power of the enemy. Somebody praise the Lord. Yes. We are in a warfare but it ain't time to turn tail and bow your head and get your hanky and cry. It's time for you to say yes, I know you're real devil but I belong to God and if God be for me who can be against me? I'm still in the introduction in case you want to know where I'm going. Here's what you, I like the message translation of this verse. Look what the message translation says. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about it in a couple of hours. This is for keeps a life or death fight to the finish against the devil. And his angels. I like to tell you what the devil told me about preaching this message. If you mess with me, I'll mess with you worse. And that's all I want. I'm not just trying to stir up devils. As a young boy, ignorant and dumb, and having lack of other ways of having entertainment, didn't have all the remote stuff and battery stuff. And I told you this before. It was very dumb. I see if I could go and aggravate wasp nests. and Knock them down. Yeah, some of you are looking. We can tell. Until the day, five of them stung me at one time. And I had to tell my mother, after I got through with getting, getting first aid from her, I also got a good whipping. I'm not trying to stir up a wasp nest now with the devil. I'm not his equal. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to expose him. That's what Jesus came for. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And you need to know who the enemy is. And sometimes he comes in like a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is no afternoon athletic contest you walk away from and forget in a couple of hours. This is for keeps a life or death fight against the devil and his angels. And if you want God to help your children, your marriage, heal your body, give you a sound mind, then you gotta be willing to know the enemy and fight like a warrior. I like what John Phillips said. John Phillips, formerly of Moody Bible Institute. He makes this observation about those dark, invisible forces in this world we live in. He says this, our enemies are not people. We must see beyond people. Listen further. Satan may use people to persecute us, lie to us, cheat us, hurt us, and even kill us. But our real enemy lurks in the shadows of the unseen world, moving people as pawns on a chessboard of time. As long as we see people as enemies and wrestle against them, we will spend our strength in vain. Your real fight in your marriage is not against your husband or your wife. Your real fight is against the devil. Your real fight in your children raising them when they want to go that way and you say go this way is really not your children. Your real fight is against the devil. Yeah. Give me an amen. Yeah. And I know at times you might have called your boss, uh-huh. but your real, your real enemy is not your boss. It's the devil. Can, can I get an amen here? Yeah. Everybody say it's the devil. Yeah. And so I want you to understand that this devil goes about many devious methods to come against us. When you read the Bible and you, you see some of the uh, verbs describing his, acti- his activity, then you understand why you've got to take him seriously. I hasten to reveal it to you and say, that the Bible says that the devil beguiles. The word beguile means to deceive by false reasoning. Did you hear me? Oh, it won't harm you. Nobody will know. One dime won't hurt. Everybody else is doing it. False reasoning. Beguiles. The devil seduces. The devil opposes. He resists. He deceives. He sows terror. He hinders. He buffets. That's not buffet. (laughs) We can do that without the devil. (laughs) Sometimes we do it. Yeah, well, yeah. I I looked up in the New Testament, the words, uh, pardon me, I looked up in my dictionary containing New Testament words this morning. I wanted to get a clearer. I thought I knew what buffets mean. It says, to give a black eye. That's what it says in the New Testament interpretation of this verb. Uh, It means to strike with clenched fists. When Paul says that the the devil will, will buffet us, he means, it meant especially to hit somebody in the face, in their face under their eyes, to give a black eye. I'm telling you, the devil is no play toy, plastic toy with a red suit and a pitchfork and a pointed tail. The devil tempts. Go ahead and say amen. Amen. The, the, The devil persecutes. He blasphemes. The word blaspheme means to revile. He reviles. He defames. He rails. When I read about the description of the devil in the Bible and what he does, I find that there are no edifying verbs associated with the devil. Three things I want to point out very quickly that helps us to understand who the enemy is. Number one, Satan is the great deceiver. John 8 and 44 records Jesus' response to a group of Jews who were opposing his message. Jesus boldly told them that they were the children of their father, the devil, and they were not hearing the truth because their father's native language was lies. Listen to this now. A person's native language is what he speaks in most easily. And Satan's language that he's most fluent in is the language of Deception. Did you, did you hear me church? He's very fluent. In this business. Of being a deceiver. Revelations 12 and 9. The Bible says. That Satan is the one who deceives the whole world. And how does he deceive the world? He deceives it mainly by imitating. The works of Jesus Christ. Satan is a master at Counterfeit and camouflage. Oh, I'm preaching to you now. As a matter of fact, Satan's last and greatest deception will be to bring the Antichrist on the scene at the end of the age if you know anything about Bible prophecy and the coming of the Lord, you know the Antichrist is going to come on the scene in such a time as we are experiencing, at such a time as we experience in the world now, where there will be wars, and rumors of wars, and and pestilence, and earthquakes, and hurricanes, and natural disasters. Uh, The the Antichrist will come on the scene in such a time we are living in as now, where there is still intense conflict between the Jews and the Palestinians and other places of the world. He will first come on the scene... As, as, as Christ. He, when he first comes on the scene, the Bible says, he will come on the scene as a peacemaker who uses convincing speech and oratory skills. And even with that, he will also be empowered by the devil with supernatural powers, just like Jesus had. Yeah, you know the devil has supernatural powers? Yeah. And, and once people start following him, And fall to his counterfeit. It won't be long when he will turn and reveal his true identity. And he will not lead people to God. But he will lead people from God. We are in this age of deception now. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Satan is the ultimate deceiver. He is the ultimate manipulator. Uh, Help me. I want to preach and I want to teach. He is the biggest con man ever since con men knew how to con. The devil has had hundreds of years. He didn't start to be the devil when you were born. He has had centuries and millenniums to practice. Being a manipulator, deceiver, and con man. And one of his greatest deceptions is this. Leading people, even Christians, to believe that he doesn't really exist. Or he isn't as bad as he's made out to be. I just got your attention. Because some of you are sitting there thinking, does that man have a turn off button? Maybe he won't. One of his his greatest deception is for you to take this sermon lightly and just fluff it off and thank God you can go home today and check your social obligation you went to church. And I hope that's not the reason why you came and I don't think so. I'm here to tell you that even Christians, by Satan's deception, hell is not real, judgment is not real. Uh, th- 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 this thing about you can sin and, and and you can lose your if you keep on sinning you can even lose your soul is not real and what, what the devil wants to do is 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 his best to be uh, to deceive to the point. And I'm here to tell you, if these things were, if judgment wasn't real and hell wasn't real and people wouldn't go there, why would God send His only begotten Son and leave His royal place in heaven to become a human being and to suffer and suffer and bleed and die for the sins of our world? Why would God let His Son shed His blood if these things were not real? I'm here to sound the alarm. That Satan is a deceiver. And you know that first Peter 5 and 8. Look at the screen, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Don't take him lightly. Amen. Adam and Eve were deceived. Amen. The people of Noah's day were deceived. Amen. Samson, Saul, David, Judas, Ananias, Sapphira, Demas. The list goes on and on. All were deceived. Let me expose him further. Another thought. Satan is the great divider. He's always been a divider. He divided the angels when he rebelled against God. Revelations chapter 12 and verse 4. The Bible says when Satan pointed his finger in God's face and told God, I do not want to be under you. I want to be equal to you or above you. And I'm paraphrasing that. And he was thrown out of heaven. One third of the angels followed him. He's a divider. He divided the very first couple, Adam and Eve. Came. The Bible talks about it in the book of Genesis. He came and divided... Them over the issue of what God already decided was going to be good for them and not good for them. Amen. Satan is a great divider. He, he divided the first family. The first two sons born to Adam and Eve were Cain and Abel. And Satan pitted Cain against Abel over worship and jealousy where Cain killed his brother. He divided the loyalty of Ananias in the New Testament. When Ananias decided to lie about his offering to God, Ananias had a divided loyalty between money and the Lord. It cost him and his wife his life. And I'm hastening to tell you that the devil continues his strategy of division. Well, let me slow down here a little bit because this is where you put on your seatbelts. And you airline captains and pilots know what I'm talking about. Put on your seatbelt. We are going to have a few moments of turbulence. But the pilot, Jesus, is in charge. One of the greatest divisive tools of Satan is this. You ain't clapping because I'm talking about me, are you? You got one too. I heard you. Satan, with the use of our tongue, will inject the poison of suspicion, intolerance, hatred, jealousy, criticism, racism, fault finding, judgmental spirit. This poison that Satan would inject us with of division. Seeks an outlet for my body. And the most frequently used outlet is the tongue. James said it this way in the book by his name. Chapter 3 verse 6 and 8. The tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature. And it's set on fire by... Hell, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Everybody just look right here. (laughs) Wonderful preacher of yesteryear who's going to be with the Lord now. His name is Adrian Rogers, tremendous Southern Baptist pastor. Out of this text, gave three points about the power of the tongue that I've never forgotten. He said, he called the tongue the torched tongue. Torched, like torching something on fire. You know what the Bible says? It's a fire. Then, then the Bible says the tongue can be like poison. Isn't what it says here in this verse? So he said, it's a tetanus tongue. I don't know if you ever had to get a tetanus shot but it's always to dispel the poison. First time I got to, a shot was when I went back to Trinidad in high school. And, and, and in Trinidad, there's dogs everywhere. You don't have to have your own pet. You can just take up everybody's. It's probably better now. But some stray dog in my grandma's yard came and took a piece of my, yes, uh-huh, of me. And they didn't wear these collars on these dogs. Well, he got a shot last month. I had to go down someplace and get some shots because of that possibility of tetanus poison. The tongue is a torch. Tetanus. And then the Bible says, the same passage James says, it appears that man can tame all beasts, lions, tigers, bears, but no man can tame what he called a tiger tongue. Tiger tongue. Untameable. And I, and I say this to you, Brothers and sisters, the poison ejected through the tongue is one of Satan's most divisive strategies. It divides husband from wife, brother from brother, friend from friend, family from family, church from church. I'm going to skip down for the sake of time. Take me to, well, let me take myself. I, I, I want to wrap it up with this. What do you do when you have a devil like this? And I'll come back next week and, 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 and do whatever else I need to to continue this on, but I don't want you to leave here thinking that the devil has the upper hand on you. How, what, what, how, how do I face him and fight him, Pastor? You take him seriously. Yeah. Did you hear me? You know, I love the ocean. I'm an islander by birth, I'm an island boy. Some of you, the only thing you're jealous of, you're not jealous about me about my height. You're not jealous about me about my weight. You're not jealous about me about education. You're not jealous about me. You're only jealous about my color. Some of you spend big bucks to get my color. Go ahead. You turn red. We know when you're trying. Love the ocean. I don't go there to recoup my color. I go there to get what? into the ocean a lot of times and here's what i've discovered as a ocean loving man from my childhood just because the sky is blue and the wind is calm on a beautiful day at the beach doesn't mean that there are not currents in that water that is forming that would create a riptide that would suck you in further than you want to go give me a witness here somebody And I'm telling you, that's the kind of devil that we're looking at. You better take him seriously. The sky may be blue and the cloud may be white. And and that person may look attractive and that situation may look unharmful. And that what decision you're about to make look like it ain't going to bother anything. But I'm telling you, you need to pray over everything. Did you hear what I said? You need to pray over everything. Confess and forsake all sins. Can I get a witness, somebody? Let me tell you why you take it seriously. Because the Bible that you and I read says in Proverbs 6, 27, 28. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can he? No. Listen, Listen to this. It says, can one walk on hot coals and their feet not be seared? Don't be messing with the devil. Run from him. Do like Joseph did. Leave, leave the, the outer garment if you're being seduced. Leave it in the hand of the seductress and run for your life. I feel a what? Just, just a little feeling I got. Yeah. You can save yourself a lot of pain. L- l- listen to me. The weapon is put on the whole armor of God. I read it for you and I'll bring it back to you next week. The whole armor of God. What does that mean? Read your Bible. That's, the, that's your sword. Put it on every... Quote some verses. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Live holy. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere you go, be a peacemaker. Not a troublemaker. Somebody say amen. Have your lines girt about with truth. My God in Jesus name. Uh, you know how to beat him? Use the word of God. I said use the word of God. Four times. In just a few verses in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, when Jesus went out in the wilderness to prepare for His ministry after His water baptism, He was 40 days in the wilderness by Himself. He ate no food and He drank no water because He was preparing Himself on an absolute fast to go and do the work of God for the next three and a half years. And the Bible says four different times the devil appeared to Him trying to get Him to abort his mission. Can I get an amen? Amen. Trying to get him to abort the miracles, the healings, and offering up his body as a sacrifice for our sin. Ever since Jesus Christ came into the world, the devil has tried his best to kill him or destroy his plan. He thought at Calvary. The devil thought at Calvary. It was over. But on the third day, he broke the bonds of death and hell and the grave. And he arose triumphant. And because he lived you and I have the power over the world and the flesh and the devil. Rise up to your feet and act like you're somebody who's got some power and give the Lord thanks. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Everybody, act like you are praising a victor. give me some, give me some upbeat going here in just a minute, brother. Fine, listen to me. <laughs> All you're going to do is go eat, so hang in here. i got another crowd coming. All right, don't get so fast. We're talking about the devil. You're going to hear fast. You may have to rebuke him in the buffet line because you get a bad attitude. Hang in here. I'll take care of you for a moment. Four times when the devil showed up to tempt Jesus to abort his mission, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is. One more time. It is written. I'm here to tell you, you don't even have to quote it verbatim. Just make sure it's right. And tell the devil. I went back to bed that morning. And I got up well on my way. I've never had another attack. And I'll tell you this. If I have another one, I'm going to use the same weapons. Put that last bullet up there. How do you win? I don't know if you use the Word of God, but you use the name of Jesus. Jesus said... In my name, you shall cast out devils. Is that what he said? In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All power is given unto you in heaven and on earth, Jesus said. You, 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 you. You don't have to have a theological degree or a Bible school diploma. You don't even have to have finished high school, Sunday school. But you have God in you. You can say, in the name of Jesus. And listen to me now. Listen to me. Okay, here's where some of you might fall off the boat. Warfare can be continuous. You've got to circle around that thing another ten times if you have to. The enemy doesn't give up that quick. Quit, quit, quit asking God to give you something instantaneously when you've been doing it for all these years. And now you want him to deliver you from it. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest. All right? Good trying to ask, ask God for a microwave experience when He wants to give you a crockpot, crockpot, Stew and shimmer and marinate. I, I got another service coming. All of a sudden, I feel a Holy Ghost anointing. Yeah. It's the warfare. You got to get it tomorrow morning. Put on the armor again. If it didn't happen Monday, you got to get up Tuesday. Put on the armor again. Pray again. Circle it again. Plead the blood again. Go back on the job again. It's a warfare. But in the name of Jesus. Bow your heads, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. The prayer team will make their way up front here very discreetly. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the gift of tongues. And this is what He says. If you will but exercise faith in me, do not run, do not turn back, do not quit, and do not give up. Stand still and know that I am God, says the Holy Ghost. Even if you have to cry, says the Lord, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I have not left you, said the Holy Ghost. I haven't forgotten your need. I know your pain. I know your sorrow. And I have Come down to deliver you. Thus said the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together before we do anything else. And thank you. My, 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 my. Jesus. Listen. These people are here to accommodate and minister. But the ministry is already happening. So they don't have to even touch you. But I'm here to tell you that if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you just want to come a little closer to God, I don't care what baggage you carry. I don't care if we ain't got enough room in this altar or in these aisles. You say, Pastor, I am not leaving here beaten and bruised and black-eyed by the devil. I am going to beat him and bruise him and blacken his eyes because I'm a child of God. I need help today before I leave to fight and win. If that's you, I want you to leave from where you are in Jesus' name and just come up to this altar. And when you come, just lift up your hands and begin to praise him. And somebody will minister to you. From wherever you are, say, I need healing. I need help. Go ahead. Break break, uh, break the pride issue. Come on. Huh? This is free. Okay. Why go home with it? If God can help you with your job, your marriage, your children, your mind, your health. You need healing? Whatever. Come. Come in Jesus' name. Sing, my brother. Sing in Jesus' name. Come on. Come from wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Put your hands together. Yeah, come Let's on. Pray. We're here to rebuke the devil. And we're going to give him all the praise. Hallelujah.